What's going on, Three Cow Podcast? I'm Isaac. I'm Nick. And whoa, look at that. Raw didn't absolutely suck, but I will tell you this. I did not appreciate the pandering that the fucking show started off with. Actually, I did. I found that very, very amusing. Oh, and it, it felt good. It, it was entertaining. Um, shout out to Seth Rollins. So what we're talking about, Monday Night Raw kicks off with Seth Rollins in the ring. Basically saying, putting all the blame for the shitty ratings, the poor quality of the show on one Baron Corbin. Um, basically saying that Baron Corbin handed the title to Brock Lesnar, a guy who hasn't wrestled on Monday Night Raw since like 2002, which I don't think is right. I'm pretty sure he had a match um, not too long ago. Um, basically saying that uh, one of the tag teams, the Revival, who should be wrestling for the tag team championship is wrestling every week on against the Lucha, uh, the Lucha House Party and Lucha House Rules. And basically, he's putting this whole situation for the shitty, poor quality of Monday Night Raw on one Baron Corbin. Um, I I really appreciated it because the the thing that I loved the most about it, because I looked at it this way: if you take Baron Corbin out of it and you replace it with Vince McMahon, it feels like Vince McMahon is making fun of the situation and blaming himself for everything that's going on with the ratings, with uh, the attendance. And it feels like he's taking responsibility for it. That's what I like. Yeah. And he just had to be the vessel. So I took it, um, I took it as that. And it was just like, that's good. That is something that I can hold on to because it makes it seem like, yeah, you're listening and you're like taking accountability for the actions of everything. And yes, Brock Lesnar's last match was July 22nd, 2002. Uh, that's damn, that's crazy. Um, here, here's why I didn't really appreciate it. Um, I understand the message. Like I, I, I was entertained by what he said, but mm-hmm. the show continued on and there was nothing fixed. So, like, to me, the whole – it would have been better if Seth could have directed it directly at one Stephanie McMahon um, and not Baron Corbin. Because, yeah, Baron Corbin's kind of the scapegoat of the whole situation. And I've been a huge fan of what Baron Corbin has been doing in terms of his, of his own personal – like, what he's been putting into it. Mm-hmm. Because, basically, what we're watching is a bad movie with a good mm-hmm. actor. Okay. And to me, Baron Corbin has been someone who I detest, I don't like. He's super fucking annoying, and that's what his character's supposed to be. But the material he's he's spewing out of his mouth is so bad that it's just unwatchable at times. That's fair. But the way that I see it is that we're getting a product that is subpar because he wants to try to aim it towards getting people back by feeding into the bad guy and putting all this weight onto all the good guys. So we commonly hate one person. And when the good guys prevail, then it's a huge payoff. Right. So I didn't, I I didn't mind that things were still going Baron Corbin's way throughout the night. Um, I liked that because it showed that he's more of a, I don't care what you say, I'm still going to do what I do because it still is going to work. And because we got the same show, it holds true. So I'm waiting for Sunday because if Sunday he loses and he loses his power, what's going to happen? How is the show going to get better? What's going to happen next? Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to Sunday now. Like I was already looking forward to it for the triple threat uh, between the ladies, but this added just a little bit more for me. Yeah, to me the triple threat match is the sole reason I was going to watch TLC Sunday. Um, yeah. So here, here's here's my one issue. Last week, this is the issue. Story continuity does not exist. 
whatsoever. Because our next, our first match tonight is a 2-1-3 handicap match for the tag team titles. Chad Gable, Bobby Roode versus AOP. Mm-hmm. Last week, Chad Gable and Bobby Roode lost. And they said that they were not going to get a tag team title shot at AOP. Yet, here we are on Monday with Chad Gable and Bobby Roode getting a shot at AOP for the titles. And the match wasn't very good. It was poor quality. has nothing to do with Bobby Roode. Chad Gable or, or AOP's ability to wrestle is the fact that it was just overbooked and it was just terrible, terrible, not very good. It really wasn't that good. Uh, that was the low point of the night for me. That match, it wasn't great. There was nothing that I can sink my teeth into. Like, <clears throat> I was excited to watch the match again because it, let's face it, it's entertaining. If they took away the title opportunity, and just had it be a straight up match and the finish was still the same, I would feel I'd feel a lot better at it. Because then it's like, oh, they're gonna earn that title shot instead of like, yeah, you guys screwed last week. Alright, I'll give you a shot. You kinda thing, you know. But anyways, uh, we got new Texan champions, Bobby Roode and Chad Gay will pick up the win. Bobby Roode rolls up Drake Maverick. Um, and it's basically yeah, we got new Texan titles or new tech champions. That's cool. I mean, I'm happy for him. But new another, gear, yeah. New titles. Uh, I mean, a new and but another NXT tag team that was super dominant is being buried. Yeah, that's but I, I, it's gonna turn it's gonna turn around for AOP because you can't keep those big guys down. Yeah. I mean, so we'll see how that goes. They're talented, man. They they are extremely underrated. Um, I will say that I enjoy their matches. Um, if anyone wants to argue with me, hey, go watch those takeovers with the uh, AOP versus uh. Um, DIY or DIY or against the revival. I mean, they're, they're, they, they can, they wrestle towards their, uh, they can wrestle up in terms of skill. They don't really have mm-hmm. bad matches unless there's some other bullshit going on. Um, this, the next, next, next part, I really, ooh, wow. This next part, I really <laughs> enjoyed. Um, Natty was in the ring, cuts a promo, um, saying she's gonna wrestle Ruby Riot on Sunday in a tables match. Um, Natty's promo, wasn't great i mean it's kind of all over the place talking about her family how she's going to put the montreal screw job behind her and to rest all this other stuff uh when the main focus should have been that it's, it's <clears throat> what she's doing is for her father and this the the name and for the namesake of her family the heart uh name that she's going to make everyone proud this and that she didn't really hit that note which was, i think was really really bad but ruby riot came out and spit fire Okay, so I personally liked it. <clears throat> I liked the I liked her at Natty's. I liked her um, her promo because it it felt genuine. It uh, to me it felt like this is a woman that is like accepting this new like road. Like I, it gave me this feeling like this is closer to the end for Natalia, you know. But um, what I appreciated the most was that she spoke truth when she said, um, you said that it was easy for me to get here, but do you remember the Montreal screw job? I had that weighing over me coming into this business. And I thought about that and was like, wow, she really did have that still on her. I, I and nah. re- See, not saying like, not saying like, and she still had it on her because of like the heart, name when you hear it at still around that time when she came around like what heart was in the wwe none bret hart still wasn't around and there was still a lot of bitterness uh from the mcmahons to the hart family because they didn't get to speak until a few years before bret hart was coming in so it was like i, I see i see that she it took for her to come in in my opinion how i see it is that she came in and helped bridge that gap but i also feel that it was really tough on her because of her name because it's like you're a heart you have to live up to that and it was harder for her to get in because they expected her to be that excellence it took a long time for her to get into the business so then when she got in she stayed um so I, I really appreciated that, and it kind of shined a light differently. It made me look at Natalia a whole lot different going into this match. But Ruby Riot coming out being Ruby Riot, 
that was vicious, dude. That what she said about her family, about her dad, the fact that she busted out a table with Jim Neidhart's picture on it. Ooh. Ooh. Not gonna lie. That was probably too much. Ah, dude. You know what? Jim was a wrestler through and through, and he would have loved it. No, I know he would have loved it, and I know that Natty had to have been like, "Okay, well, I'll do it." Yeah, like oh, you Natty's know, all, Natty has to be all about it. Natty, Natty's all about it. Yeah. But me, I was just like, "Damn!" Like that shook me to my core because that's my dad. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you're talking about putting me through that, uh, ending me. So, so like, here's, here's one thing that Natty should have hit on too is the fact that the reason why she got implants on a nose job was because she thought she had to look like the blonde bimbos that were there before her. And so she should have hit Ruby with that. Like, hey, look, you're mad at me because of my name, but in reality, we're more alike than you you can know. I paved the way from you. They looked at me and said ugly and saw ugly duckling. They look at you and they see a tattooed rebel. If you came into WWE when I did, you wouldn't have even got through the door. I kicked that door down for you. And that's what Natty should have hit her with, with the truth. Because Natty has said it. Even um, Bruce Pritchard has said it. They viewed Natty as the ugly duckling who wasn't a a playboy, a playmate type. Mm-hmm. I think Natty's fucking gorgeous. But, yeah, no doubt. But, but to John Laurinaitis and the guys that were um, recruiting and hiring the girls... Natty had to go and work 10 times harder, be that much better in the ring, so she was undeniable. True. Um, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have had AJ Lee, we wouldn't have had Paige, we wouldn't have had Ruby Riot. Yeah, so you know what? Say what you want. They want to say the Ballas were part of the whole uh, whole evolution. Fuck no, dude. This this was Natty and this was um Beth Phoenix. Okay, I I gotta say this like out loud. I'm really sick and tired of everyone saying that the evolution is because of the Bellas. It's in spite of the Bellas. It's in spite of the Bellas. Yeah. Yeah, they were the champion, or Nikki was the champion at the time. Yes, she was involved in that uh, 30 second match. Um, yes, she was there. She wasn't tagged in, was she? No, I don't think. Remember, dude. Brie Bella was the one who was in the match who pinned um emma so then it's like i i see the frustration but you also gotta look at like weeks before then you have to look at all the weeks prior to that one moment and see how it was dwindling down that nobody cared anymore no no, absolutely Uh, once they once they turned away from braun panties matches once tristan stratus uh tristan uh lita left once uh tori wilson stacy keebler and all those women left now you have these groups of women that are trying to put on these great matches gail kim who wanted to do more like uh, more matches like more athletic matches and not getting it. Melina, who was one of the best women at that time, Victoria, you know. Yeah. It's like seeing them and doing all what they were doing and they not getting that opportunity to really showcase their skills was ridiculous. And the fans saw that. The fans recognized that. And here we are looking at this 30-second match like, are you kidding? She's the champion and she didn't even get in the match. And it's it was 30 seconds long. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be pissed off. So I wouldn't. I really don't want to give that credit to to them. I want to give the credit more to Paige because when she came in, Paige, Amy, uh, AJ Lee, he wanted to call her Amy Lee. Um, when they came in at that point in time, they were hot. Everybody wanted to see them. Yeah, I mean they were and they were the talented ones. They they could were have, the talented the ones. So. It was more of like, I think it was like, no, give them a chance because we want to see what this new breed of women can actually do. Right. I, I didn't care about the Bellas. They're, I cared about were, seeing Paige the and girls, Lee. These were the girls that wanted to do it since since they didn't, these are the girls that didn't have Barbie dolls growing up. They had the yeah. walking Stoke Hold dolls, you know, action yeah. figures. That's what that that's who we wanted because it was they re, they loved and respected the craft and they went and did did it the hard way. They didn't come in as models. And then that's that this is why WWE has insulted my intelligence so much is because they try to force a narrative 
that doesn't fit with the actual truth. Mm-hmm. And sadly, we don't have someone like CM Punk because I'm a fan of Seth. But when, but if CM Punk would have delivered that promo that Seth put out, it would have been a different impact. It would have been a bigger impact, I think, because we all know that CM Punk has been frustrated, and he was frustrated when he was fighting The Rock. You see it in his face how frustrated he is. You saw how frustrated he was when it looked like the build was going to be for him to go and wrestle for the title after Royal Rumble. But you get Triple H, and you see that frustration. Um, You see all of that. And if he would have stayed, imagine how the promos actually would have been at this point in time. Like, CM Punk... and, And I was having this conversation with somebody, and they were saying that CM Punk was angry because he wasn't going to be champion like forever and it was like that wasn't his no, argument his issue was him not being the main event at wrestlemania when he was a motherfucking champion exactly and he was trying to make a point to say that there's uh, so many guys back there that are busting their ass that don't get these opportunities um and it's not fair it's not right things need to change and when he was fighting for that change, you see different things happen. You see little things that you don't realize that is because of CM Punk made a point to say this and to walk out. Uh, we got a better WWE product because of him walking out, because of him mm-hmm. speaking his mind. I, right. no, I, I will. Yes. I, now we're seeing like, OK, this is crap right now. But when he left... How much better did Raw get? How much better did SmackDown get? How much better did the pay-per-views get? Because they didn't have a choice. They had no choice but to put somebody in a position to to win. We got Daniel Bryan in that incredible Occupy Raw moment. All right, we hold on, got... hold on. All right. Let's do this. Let's do this. We can talk about mm-hmm. CM Punk. We will do a special episode on two things. Separate episodes. Montreal Screwjob. And then mm. we will do one, the impact of CM Punk on WWE. I love it. Because we could talk about this for an hour, each one separately for an hour. (laughs) And we will do that because me and you are on two different spectrums of CM Punk. And I think me and you are on two different spectrums when it comes to the Montreal Screwjob. Um, So let's go back to uh, Monday Night Raw. Bailey versus Lisa Fox. Another match that we've had over and over and over again that I don't want to see. If you're going to work shit out for the Mixed Match Challenge, do it on um, on the house show circuit. Because I... I'm a fan of Bailey, and you know my affection for the crazy Foxy Alicia Fox. True. Yes. The best part of this match, the two best parts of this match, was Alicia Fox's entrance when she was doing the dance with the Singh brothers, and then when Juan Apollo Cruz came out, and you know what I'm gonna say? Come on, son. He picked up Sasha Banks at her request, and he threw her at Jinder Mahal and the Singh brothers, but his hand placement. And finger placement was uh, uh, one that you might see on the Pornhubs. Oh, my, my gosh. Drink. It is on Pornhub, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, so uh, someone on, on Facebook posted up, like, did did the t- did uh, Apollo Crews go knuckle deep on Sasha Banks? And, you know, I was like, oh, yes, he did. You couldn't even see his thumb making a circular motion, you know. Yeah. And, and the, that picture is everywhere. It's everywhere, and it's just funny as hell to me because I'm just – I'm looking at it, and when it first happened, I was like, okay, Apollo, watch your hands. Watch your hands. And then I see it, and I'm like, oh, dude, come on, son. Yeah. It was – It was. I was like, oh, no. No, Apollo, no. You, no, Apollo, no. But no. you know what? Sasha was cool with it because she even posted it on Instagram afterwards. You know, it, it kind of, I guess it kind of happens. It happens. I mean, but... with guys, it's a little different because it's a handful of nuts. This happened to mm. be a, uh, a finger full of, uh, of uh, camel toe. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was a good laugh, you know. I'm, I'm, and you know, Apollo is most definitely professional. He's a good guy. And it was just one of those situations. It was it was a cool moment though when he like launched her into them. Yeah. Just the whole after effect. You're like, 
we're filthy creature we're filthy minded creatures what can you expect from us yeah we are <laughs> um next elias oh next um oh but but we should say we respect women and uh absolutely we would we would never do that no ever no and but we, that was if funny we, if we did accidentally do it we would apologize over and over like, again yeah like, hey sorry about that oh my gosh uh so embarrassing uh Shit. never i'll never pick you up again yeah next like next time i'm uh i'm i'm gonna toss you like a bag of potatoes just just launch <laughs> yeah. you at him with one arm and if you make it you make it if you don't um well good luck mm-hmm. <laughs> um next um dean ambrose had an interview with charlie i tuned out did you know what he said who uh, interviewed who now? Uh, Charlie interviewed uh, Dean Ambrose. I know who did who now. No, um, but uh, no, it was. Uh, I have to say, I like it. Okay. I like it, and it was only because that it's uh it's still weird. It's still Dean Ambrose, and it took a minute because I think last week or the week before I said I don't like this, but listening to him. And really watching his mannerisms and how he's attacking the situation, it it's deep. It's a lot deeper than we once than we originally thought. Right. It's just like, oh, he's saying everybody's gross and he's trying to push himself as a heel. But it's more like he wants to rid the earth of all things that are like uh, disgusting and bad and unpure and like wants to purify the lakes of Minnetonka like like it, it's it's dope and it's really smart and calculated because it's like a slow burn and I love it so I'm, I'm with it I thought it was really dope and the best part to me was when she played him that video and expected his response and he kind of just looked and he walked away because it was more of like I think you just answered your own question and it, it, it's brilliant. It's really smart. I love it. I might have to go back and watch it again. Um, next, Elias is out. He sings a song, basically bashes on LA because they're in San Diego. Uh, we get Leo Rush versus Elias. Actually, a really good match. Leo Rush is the shit. Um, he but is. The, but the main story here was um, um, Heath Slater was the referee for this match, starting his new gig. And this is that I kind of liked. Basically, he is Baron Corbin's uh, little bitch. And so Bobby Lashley gets involved, doesn't disqualify Leo Rush. Um, and then Bobby Lashley ends up smashing that guitar on Elias. Leo Rush ends up picking up the win. Um, after the match, basically, Baron Corbin gives props to Heath Slater, saying you did a good job out there. And Heath Slater is really disgusted with himself. I love it. Like, I really like this angle, and the only problem I had with it initially for a quick second was, okay, if Baron Corbin loses on Sunday, that's his only appearance as a referee, things are going to change, blah, blah, blah. But, it, it of course it changed, but I, I really I really do like it. I just wish they, they would have done it two weeks ago. If they would have done it two weeks ago, this build... Of yeah. his frustration would be so much better. It'd be so much sweeter. No, you're no, you're absolutely right, dude. They they are fu- they fucked up the build by not doing it correctly. Um, but I still will like to see. I the way I see it is Heath Slater's gonna end up being the uh, the whipping boy. Uh, yeah. Corbin after this whole fallout happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, um, uh, Alexa Bliss is out there with Nia Jax. They're gonna do a whole Q and A. Nia Jax grabs the mic, cuts to the terrible promo. I zone out. Ronda Rousey comes out. Um, we end up getting Amber Moon versus Tamina Snuka. A pretty decent match. Amber Moon ends up picking up the win. Um, and yeah, I mean, it just they need to not give the microphone to Nia Jax ever again. I don't know. Uh, I agree, but then I disagree only because when she's talking people are booing because of what she did to becky obviously but what i do like is that she's capitalizing on it um i I, she doesn't need to keep mentioning what she did to becky what she needs to do is just talk about how she's going to beat up ronda and um um and then and then um when she screams is what i like 
because it shuts me up because I'm just like, all right, like you can. And then when she screams, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> okay, calm, calm, calm your tits, calm down. Yeah, it's okay. I'm just, not, <laughs> I'm just not a fan of, of the whole thing. It to me, it's just ah. Uh, but the thing that bothers me. me the most, what bothers me the most, is that Tamina's there. Nah, to I, me, it doesn't bother I, me. Tamina's there. To I love me, Tamina. Yeah. No, I love Tamina. I, I I want her to be there, but I need her to not lose. <sighs> like it's not fair that she's the punching bag of this of this tag team. It's it's very offensive because she's a fucking warrior. She's yeah. dope. So give her her give her her roses. You know, I want to see Tamina as a champion for someone who's never held the women's championship in her entire career. That's ridiculous to me. I mean, what the hell? How long has Tamina been in the WWE? Like 10 years, maybe? She kind of got her start right around the same time Natty did. Yeah, I mean, she's 40. Yeah. Uh, She's, oh, she came in in 2009. Okay. Maybe a a couple years after. Um, Like, that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, in WWE? Never. She, uh, she's, uh, yep, never. She was ranked 19 of the top 50 females in 2012. She was, uh, in the worst worked match of the year in 2013 with AJ Lee, Oksana, Alicia Fox, Caitlin, Rosa Mendez, Summer Rae, uh, versus Brie Bella, uh, Cameron, Ava Marie, JoJo, Naomi, Natalia, and Nikki. When was that? Oh my gosh! I saw like a SummerSlam like, match, dude. That's fucking trash. That sounds like it. And then uh, worst feud of the year: Team PCB versus Team Bad versus Team Bella. Yeah, that was terrible too. That that was terrible. But she's never won a championship in the WWE, so that blows my mind. And like that that hurts because she is really good. Uh, main event of the night TLC match Intercon title Baron Corbin versus Seth Rollins a really quality match um, again Heath Slater was the re- was the referee uh, Seth Rollins going for the the title um, Heath Slater knocks him off the ladder super kick and then Seth Rollins goes up against the title I mean why are we having a TLC match on Raw before his match at TLC against Dean Ambrose What's not front? I like it. What else are you gonna do to try to get them to really watch? It's it's too late, man. I don't know. I, I it, it 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 was a nice it was a nice grab at trying to uh, get that title. All right. Well, raw raw isn't isn't cutting the mustard, man. I mean, they tried. They they swung and missed. Because guess what SmackDown did? They hit a goddamn Grand Slam. First thing they did to kick off uh, SmackDown was Daniel Bryan was in the ring in the ring face to face with one Mustafa Ali. Now why is Mustafa Ali in the ring with Daniel Bryan? Because they're gonna have a match. And here's the thing: Daniel Bryan was like, you know what, Mustafa, you are the the MVP of 205 Live. You are really great. These fans don't deserve you. Basically, telling him the damn truth because you know that that post that I tagged you in, um, mm-hmm. you read it. Basically, um, what's her name? What was her name? Maria Canales. Basically, yeah. was backstage with some of the two hundred five guys watching the monitors as Daniel Bryan wrestled Mustafa Ali, and she said, "We're part of a revolution. These guys bust their ass off. They bust their asses off. They work so hard, put on great matches." To empty arenas. Yeah. And you know what? Who knows about empty arenas? Empty venues? Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. And him and Mustafa Ali basically have an incredible match that was about 15 minutes. Despite the fucking commercial breaking right in the middle of their match. Ah. Mustafa Ali hung in there with one Daniel Bryan. What's crazy is that when it comes to like um, those picture-in-picture like commercial breaks. Yeah. I I try to uh, tune in and I try to watch it. 
sometimes the commercials will get me and I pay attention to the commercial, but I was thoroughly watching this. So when that Spanish fly happened, I was like, oh, yes. Yeah, dude. Because I love that move. They hyped the fuck out of that uh, on the replay. Um, they did. Daniel Bryant ends up winning with a hill hook. But, dude, Mustafa Ali had a star-making performance. He did. I mean, that was such a good night for him. It was a really good night. It was a really good show. Um, the man, I, I feel as though he should get more props. Oh, yeah. And I feel like he should definitely, definitely be called up. If if 205 Live, for some reason, does not exist or it, it shuts down, he needs a main roster spot. He does. I mean, he just went in there toe-to-toe with the champion and held it down. And not only held it down, they burned that shit down. So I'm with it with him being on the main roster. Him, Cedric Alexander, uh, Drew Gulak can do some things. Um, even if they brought up the Cruiserweight title onto the main roster um, and they just used it sparingly, um, I think that some of those guys can still like push the envelope. I think that's, in my opinion, I feel like that's what they're doing with the Lucha House Party. Like, bringing them up and really trying to test them out as a tag team. Uh, so then they can, if that works, hey, they're popular. This is working. Let's see Mustafa Ali. Oh, that worked. Okay, let's put Cedric Alexander out there against Finn Balor. You know, let's well, see how that works. I mean, or him a great against, match, but... Oh, no. Oh, Cedric Alexander versus Seth Rollins in an open Intercontinental Championship title match? Fire. Well, Cedric Alexander versus Shinsuke Nakamura in the U.S. Open, fire. Here's the issue: <clears throat> the the way the the cruiserweights are used on Raw compared to how they've been used on SmackDown, mm-hmm. complete polar opposites. Lucha House mm-hmm. Party basically is just a novelty act. I mean, Dr- uh, Drake Maverick pissed his pants. Leo Rush is a mouthpiece for a wasted Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Mustafa Ali has a damn near five star star making performance with Daniel Bryan on SmackDown. Yeah, that's uh, about pushing and and giving us what we want and deserve and what we're gonna be happy with. The other mm-hmm. one is a mockery. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, speaking of mockery, Usos versus the Bar in a rap battle with uh, the New Day as judges. Um, the Bar made me laugh. so so hard with how bad their raps were. I'm sorry, but uh, the bar has bars. Um, but the Usos spit Oof. that Dylon hot fire. They did when he when they came out and said, um, "How do you uh, push his teeth up his mouth without breaking it?" Let's ask Mr. Turnbuckle. Oh, that was fire, flames. Ooh, yeah, dude, it was. Oh my god, they ended up brawling at the end. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, next, we get the Miz. He calls out Shane McMahon. Um, Shane McMahon's like, "Yo, man, what, what's up with your obsession with that trophy?" Basically, the Miz says, "You know what? I've never been called the best in the world ever. People made fun of me, and yet because of you, I am now can say I am the best in the world." Um, they end up having a tag match versus uh, the Vegas Boys. Shane McMahon ends up getting attacked by them. They end up having a match. Shane and the Miz pick up a win. Damn right. Um, but you know what, dude? The Miz came out with some powerful fucking acting. Uh, My, uh, I I love The Miz. You know how I feel. Yeah. Um, The thing that I loved the most was the fact that they are selling him so well as a face that I really can't wait to see how it's going to work after this whole thing is said and done. Yeah. Like, I need to see where this goes next. So I'm very excited. Very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see where it's going to go, too. Uh, Rey Mysterio, or uh, excuse me, Randy Orion is cutting a promo about his chair match against Rey Mysterio at TLC. Uh, keeps talking. Rey comes out, attacks him with a steel chair. So hype that up. Oh, my gosh. Uh, next, we get Rusev and Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, a pretty quality match. Um, the faces go over, and basically next we get um, our main event, Asuka versus Charlotte. 
with Becky Lynch at ringside, and the women have proven that they can hold down the main event spot. They have. Who else expected them to do it that way? Yeah. Uh, it was a really good quality match, a lot of back and forth, a lot of counters. Uh, Asuka with that nasty code breaker, um, countering Charlotte Spear. Um, basically, Charlotte breaks down, loses her shit, uh, grabs a kendo stick, smashes Asuka with it. Asuka wins via DQ. Um, Becky gets involved, attacks Charlotte after uh, Charlotte hits her in the leg with the kendo stick. Uh, doesn't really matter. Asuka ends up with the kendo stick, ends up beating the shit out of both of them with it. See, that's the thing that uh, bothers me a little bit about uh, the situation, though. Why does old girl have to do that? Because, yeah, it was entertaining and it was great and we loved it. But this is showing like a weak side to Charlotte. Yeah. That when someone is tougher, when someone is better, she can't cut it. And that bothers me. Because if she's the queen, she needs to uh, show up. And we know Asuka's tough. We know Becky's tough. Um, we know Rhonda's tough. But with her breaking down like that to Rhonda, makes sense. Her breaking down like that to Asuka, uh, not so much. It does, but it doesn't. Because it only weakens the, the strength of the queen. I think we're seeing cracks in her in her game. Exactly. Uh, it's going to be her becoming the, the the dirtiest player in the game's daughter. And we're going to maybe see a little more of that. Uh, so they can be setting her up for a heel turn. It's really hard to tell. But um, it, and all in all, SmackDown... Ooh, SmackDown's been, been fire, dude. I mean, there wasn't really any misses in SmackDown. Everything was, was really good. I'm curious to see what's next for everybody involved on SmackDown. I mean, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles at TLC... Uh, what happens there? What happens to AJ Styles? But uh, but yeah, no, you know, it's it's a lot of good stuff. It's a lot of good stuff, and I'm really excited to see what happens next. Buddy Murphy versus Drew or versus Grand Metal League 205 Live. That's our first match of the night. Um, good back and forth action, but of course, Buddy Murphy, the champion, ends up winning. Mm-hmm. Buddy. Uh, we only got two matches that night, or on 205 Live. Tony yeah. Nese versus Cedric Alexander. Again, a really good, really good quality match. Um, but Cedric Alexander picks up the win. And uh, basically, it's a nice setup for Cedric Alexander versus Buddy Murphy at TLC. Which I, I didn't expect this match to happen at TLC, but I'm really excited to see it happen. And let's see here. NXT was... NXT was okay. But... Let's just go ahead. The The whole first two matches don't really matter. No one really cares. Oni Larkin and Danny Burch beat TM61 or The Mighty, whatever the fuck they're called this week. The um, Mighty. Um, Undisputed Era, they get taken out by um, EC3 and the uh, Heavy Machinery. So that's whatever. The main event of the night was Ricochet versus Prince Pretty. Mm. They hyped it up that Ricochet was going to have an open invitational. He had no idea what it was. I thought it was going to be some jobber or somebody. Turns out it was Prince Pretty returning back to his kingdom to quote uh, uh, Morello. And the match was fire. The match was fire, yo. That was such a good match. I fucking love those two. Um, this to, And so Tyler Breeze got so much love from that crowd. And it was nice for him to be able to showcase what he can do in that ring. Yes, it was, and I hope, I hope, because um, we we know Triple H is big on him, but I'm hoping that uh, Triple H will be like, you know what, I think it's time, yo, I think it's time, um, there's only, he only has a little bit of time until uh, Fandango comes back, and then we'll probably get a Fashion Police episode, but I think, I, I really would love to see, like, what will happen afterwards but i really want to see him like turn on fandango or fandango turn on him like i would love that and i would really want um tyler breeze to have his moment in the sun Uh, like i need a ladder match at wrestlemania for the intercontinental championship and i need tyler tyler breeze to win 
I need I need that uh, Zack Ryder moment. To me, to me, um, um, someone like like uh, Tyler Breeze and a lot of the smaller guys that are on the main roster that are kind of being wasted away, they could benefit from having Two Hundred Five Live being its own specific thing, um, like on its own night in its own time slot, filmed in its own location. Um, yeah. Because this whole filming before SmackDown kind of kills the vibe. They do a really good job with camera angles um, to make sure that the crowd looks fuller than it actually is. Um, but you miss a lot of good quality um, matches or you miss a lot of good quality stuff from a lot of people because there just isn't enough time. Despite Monday Night Raw being three hours, there still is not enough time to get everybody the exposure they need in that ring. Yeah, exactly. Um, hopefully with all these, uh, with their working relationship with, with Evolve and the fact that it really does seem like they're heading towards having a lot of independent um, content on the network with WWE stars wrestling at those events. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with a lot of that stuff. Um, let's jump into some news. So Seth Rollins and Jimmy Jacobs, they kind of responded to all the negativity and criticism on that Raw. Uh, Jimmy Jacob basically went on and said, writing three hours of wrestling TV show every single week is fucking hard. Seth Rollins uh, hits us with the, that's one thing I don't think people understand. Five hours of live TV every week, every week, and then all extraneous variables that affect the final outcome. And it's a martyr miracle that the show comes together as well as they do. Um, Jimmy Jacob Very true. Yeah, Jimmy Jacob says everybody's allowed their opinion. I take zero offense to it, but one... But one but the first things I learned writing is that it's easy to point out the problems. The job is to come up with solutions. Mm. Here's the thing. Damn right. I can fix that problem pretty easily. You want to know what you do? Mm. Hire more writers. Plain and simple. I don't know if that's going to be the answer. I feel like, yeah, they can hire more writers. But it's not just hiring more writers. I think it's more hiring people that have wrestling on the brain that go to bed with this that wake up to this that dream of this that their first word was you know heel turn like you know what i mean we need people that bleed this that is not just a a business-minded writer to try to write an episode i want people that are true fans that can also write good television. Like if you're writing it from a fan's perspective that can still um, bring in money and still keep the entertainment um, aspect of the product, it's a win. So go with somebody that's a fan that can write. I mean, uh, hey, they are accepting applications, but I'm just, I would rather see somebody that is that has a strong love for this or someone that, has been with the business for a while in the WWE that turned into a writer or producer. Um, like uh, Tyson Kidd or um, having Natty come and start writing episodes. Lita start writing for the women, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that would be dope. Because then they have, they're coming from a wrestler's perspective of what uh, they have seen while right. in the ring. And what they've seen on the outside of the ring and bring that together to create something that is entertainment, that has a strong uh, storyline, strong longevity. Hell, even uh, if CM Punk came back and started writing, I think that, I mean, when he um, said, walked into Vince McMahon's office and wrote like 16 weeks of TV and was like, this is what I'm doing. It worked for him. It worked. Well, so why not take the opinion of the people that are also there? Right. Well, how many of those guys in the back have that initiative to do it? You know, some guys there to collect a paycheck. Some guys don't True. have the creativity that that CM Punk has. Um, but listen Kidd. to the the voices of the people that are frustrated. The revival. Listen to uh, Zach. The Zach attack. If I mean, let some of the women back there that aren't getting the spot like. Come, help come up with those ideas like let's let's get together with the writing team and figure that out i mean i don't know if that's what they do already probably they do but let's really like take a deep dive and unpack what's wrong what can we do and how would you see it 
um, as a fan. Yeah. Well, Tyson Kidd's job isn't to write. His job is to put together the match um, based on what the writers have given him. Um, that's what the backstage agents do. Um, no, I'm just saying. Like, and tell them how to deliver a promo, how they should be doing things. Um, the writers. So here's the thing. Freddie Prince Jr. worked for WWE. He spoke about it candidly on a podcast with uh, Macaulay Culkin. Um, because Macaulay Culkin is a hardcore wrestling fan, and uh, I mean, Freddie Prince Jr. fucking loves pro wrestling himself. Um, He's a scary wrestling fan. I'll say that. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, so basically, also he was saying like, you know what? It was a lot of hard work. You come in every week, you give ideas, and your ideas get shot down. Um, Bruce Pritchard said um, that yeah, you know what? Uh, Freddie Prince was there for a short period of time. A lot of people said that he wasn't in there for the right reasons. He was kind of doing it just for the fuck of it. But in reality, he was traveling with WWE every week, um, and he would uh, telecommute, you know, send stuff in when um, people were in Stanford because that's just how it worked out. But that's how a lot of guys' deals work out, the good Hollywood writers that they would hire. Um, they have, I know for a fact, they've extended several offers to different comedians, one being Tony Henchcliffe, who is a Ooh. massive wrestling fan. Um, yeah. They've also <laughs> extended deals to... Um, I can't remember his name now, but he was a, he's an actor slash comedian. Um, he was on the show Undateable, um, black guy with um, who's a little heavy, um, talk kind of funny. Um, That's like every every black guy. <laughs> well, he's the only black guy on that show, Undateable. He's was he the one? Man. Was he the one that uh, snitched out Bill Cosby? No, no, no. That's Hannibal Burris. Um, mm. But anyway, so this guy they offered him a deal. Um, it wasn't enough money um or it was enough money but he didn't want to have to travel every week so the issue is like you can hire guys to do this stuff and there's guys out there that are huge fans even women out there but it's the it's the the travel it's the travel that's so grueling and it's the fact that working with Vince McMahon that is damn near impossible oh Ron Ron uh Funches Ron Funches yes yeah um so he actually has a podcast episode with the wrestler coming up that I want to check out um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it is. That's what it really is. It's you got to have people that love wrestling, that are obsessed with it, and want to push the envelope. Um, but in reality, it really is Vince McMahon. That, those reins that Vince is holding, he's got to loosen his grasp on them. Mm-hmm. And I think the fact that he isn't that involved in SmackDown is the reason why SmackDown is killing it. That's fair. Uh, so Jason Jordan is being evaluated by doctors uh, this week. Um, so we'll get word soon whether or not he's going to be medically cleared. I hope so, man. Um, he's he's such a great talent. And it just sucks that he went down like that. If he's unable to wrestle, uh, there's something out there for him. And uh, I love that kid. Yeah. Uh, Cody Rhodes uh, was uh, at a interview thing with Bruce Prichard recently. Um, basically, he says that he rejected WWE's offer a few weeks ago. See, that breaks my heart. Yeah, that breaks my heart. Yep. Because I was, I, I'm such a huge Cody Rhodes fan, and I loved Cody Rhodes when he was dashing Cody Rhodes. I loved him when he was fighting for his job with his family. I love Cody Rhodes when he. I, I I just love Cody Rhodes, and I think that he's a fantastic, fantastic workman. Um, but um, what he's doing now, he can continue to do that, and I I feel like Vince will still call him. Hey, you want to come back? <laughs> oh the, yeah, there's gonna be those fillers out all the time. Like, eh, the man's dope. Yeah. And, Congratulations to him for uh, knowing knowing his value, and they are they are like not trying to. They shouldn't have let him go. Ah, you guys are stupid. Well, he would never have that value if they wouldn't have let him go. True. <laughs> Played very simple. true. Uh, Matt Hardy's making the rounds, doing interviews. He's uh, going to be returning sooner than later. Who? Matt Hardy. He's going to be returning soon. Oh. Yeah, he's, well, been doing, nice. he's been doing interviews and podcasts, um, so we'll have to wait and see. When that happens, it probably won't be until after WrestleMania. Uh, let's see here. So one Dolph Ziggler has went and did the smart thing and deleted his entire <laughs> Twitter feed. I know. I saw that, and 
I love I love Bray Wyatt. Like what what was interesting was that I actually turned on the notifications for every one of Bray Wyatt's tweets and read them. And I don't know what he was planning, but you have no idea how bad I wanted to see that. So for him to delete everything and start over, I'm I'm really excited to see what happens next. And I didn't know you can delete all of your posts. I'm about to get on that. Oh yeah. Um Big Cass had a seizure. Yo. At a hardcore show. So, you know, he's been uh pictures the surface of him also. He looked a lot heavier than we than he had on WTV, so I don't know what's going on with the man. Uh speedy recovery, big fella. Hope you get it together. And if uh the road or wrestling, the life isn't for you, you sir have a degree with with numbers. Go work on Wall Street, make some money, and uh, just live that normal civilian life, man. Maybe this isn't this isn't your best life. Um, there were rumors that was going around that he's on drugs, and that's not the case. It's not drugs. Um, we do know that he has had an alcohol problem, um, so that could be one uh, contributing factor. Um, and also him gaining all that weight, he's really not taking care of himself. Yeah. Um. So the the one thing that I really appreciated was the adult in Enzo Amore through all of that. He heard about it, posted a picture of himself and Cass and said something like, um, if I had a dime for every time we we were knocked down and didn't get back up. I'd have zero dimes. Yeah. Um, I was like, damn. But even if it was like his catchphrase or whatever, it's it was still a big, big up for him. And I, I'm glad that he was mature enough to do that because he did talk a lot of shit when um, when Cass did hurt his leg. So yeah. it was uh, it, it was a beautiful thing to see, and uh, I really hope that Big Cass gets better soon. Um, so yeah, no, really, I do think it was alcohol related. I think he might have been on a heavy bender because seizures is a symptom of, uh, being, of detoxing from alcohol, especially after a, a consistent time period of of drinking heavily. Um, his physique, he has that gut. So yeah, dude, this dude's been hitting that sauce a little hard. I don't think it's drugs, but the booze, man, that's another demon. So hopefully he gets his shit together. Um, no, for real, because my brother, he uh, he had a seizure once, and uh, then apparently I did, but I didn't. Like, it, it was kind of scary. Yeah. Um, so uh, it, it's bad. It, that's bad. But um, I, just, I just hope he gets better soon. Speaking of alcoholics, uh, Hall of Famer W legend Jeff Jarrett was at Backstage ah, at SmackDown. That was good. Segway. <laughs> from uh, out of nowhere yeah so it's cool seeing jeff jarrett you know not just being a figurehead in the hall of fame and actually showing up mm-hmm. he looks good though he looks he looks clean and sober uh speaking of clean and sober john jones has officially been cleared to return to fighting by we'll the california state athletic commission my man john jones has even admitted that he ain't sober. He's smoking weed and drinking booze, which means one thing. He's going to fuck some motherfuckers up. We'll see. I mean, I'd love to see John Jones get into the ring or the octagon, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, and speaking of, of uh, UFC, USADA has cleared Brock Lesnar of a of skipping a test, a drug test. Um, apparently, there was some sort of technical issue um, that said Brock Lesnar went missing and was dodging their drug test. In reality, it wasn't true. It was a system glitch. Okay. Um, I don't believe you saw it for one second. I don't either. Um, let's see here. What else do we got? Uh, Colt Cabana files a new lawsuit against CM Punk after his last one was thrown out by the court. That's sad, man. man. That's really sad. Yeah. They were, they were like damn best brothers. friends. Yep. Yeah. Like, what is going on? Uh, the next uh. round of WWE performance tryouts is in ge- uh, January. Northeast indie wrestler Penelope Ford, she's 26, 
She recently wrestled uh, Jazz at the NWA um, event, at the NWA 70 event. Um, former MMA fighter Eric Spicely, who's 32, he competed in the UFC middleweight division. Um, he has been working the Northeast Indies. Uh, NPC body NPCC bodybuilder Courtney Lemmings. God, dude, she is stunning. Uh, mm-hmm. She's a former hall, uh, former high school volleyball player who has done modeling, acting. Uh, former University of Maryland football player T. Hootie Miles. He's twenty eight. Um, this is his second uh, WWE tryout. Okay. Okay. So, I do not see one Adam Mayhem on the list. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Mayhem, where you at? Uh, he's kind of he's been radio silent on Twitter. Um, he has, but he's been very active on Facebook. Oh, maybe I got to add him on Facebook. Uh, yeah, I've been Mojo, seeing that. Mojo Rawley um, has basically been tweeting a lot, some cryptic stuff. Uh, one of his last ones was, uh, they cast you into darkness, unaware of what it will do to you, unaware of how it will transform you. What happens is not what they will expect. It will not be what you expect. Mm-hmm. Mojo Rawley mm-hmm. is one elegant uh, yeah. motherfucker. He is. This motherfucker speaks like like three languages, has a fucking NBA, and had a shot at the NFL, but said, nah, I'm going to go wrestle. I know, right? That's, that's crazy. This motherfucker. Ah. Good guy. Good guy. Great um, guy. Last bit of news before we get into TLC predictions. Uh, AJ Styles' contract is aspiring, but it sounds like he might have already re-upped with having working with reduced uh, dates. Also, the club uh, contracts are expiring in the springtime, and they are expected to resign because they got kids and they don't want to be away from them in Japan. No, definitely not. You got any news? No. Other than the Nothing. fact that your Dallas Cowboys are about to make the motherfucking playoffs because of the fucking Raiders. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, wait. We play the Raiders next week? No, no, no. Because of the Raiders. Because we traded Amari Cooper to you, you now have a number one wide receiver or Dax mm. Prescott to fucking throw to. Mm. That's fair. I mean, we. it was a good match. Or it was a good game last week. Um, or on Sunday. I was watching a little bit of it, and I was like, okay. This is good. This is good. Um, so I'm happy to see my team killing it. Um, I'm happy to see the Raiders uh, go down in flames. Uh, they're just, uh, I don't know. Yeah, they, I don't know what's going on with y'all. They literally just fired um, their GM, who should have been fired at the end of last season. Um, but, you know. No, okay. So there is one thing, though. Garbage fire. Um, a pair of garbage fire. Um, fucking, um, I told... Some people about um, the podcast and everything we were talking, oh. and uh, somebody heard the show last week. Uh, his name is Chris. Um, he heard the show. He likes it. And then he said, yeah, but you guys were totally wrong about uh, the fight that uh, Wilder that Deontay and... Wilder, yeah, yeah, that Deontay actually controlled the entire fight. I was like, what the hell were you watching? <laughs> He was whipped no, and left and right. I was like, hey, dude, watch that fight again. He didn't control anything. He was gassed. He kept trying to throw that haymaker. He was trying really hard to hit him as hard as he can because he wanted to get that knockout because he didn't want to see those hands. He oh, did yeah. not realize how strong Tyson Fury actually is. And... um saying that we don't know boxing and like i'm like you're crazy son i i watch boxing matches for fun if i'm sick i'm in bed watching boxing like yo you're insane and then he hit me up yesterday and was like hey yeah i watched the fight again you were right he really <laughs> control anything. i was like duh <laughs> He didn't control anything like uh, that was the worst match i've ever seen it was a great it was a great match but that was not his best. He showed a lot of like holes in his game. He got gassed. Uh, he got gassed. Apparently, he had broke his arm the like two weeks before the fight. What? Deontay Wilder. Yeah, and he had sur- No, he had surgery two weeks before the fight. Uh, I guess he had broken it before that. Um, and so he was like, I think that might have affected him, but I don't know. So we we'll have to wait and see what the rematch holds. 
Uh, I'm definitely watching that. I'm oh, gonna have a party yeah. for that. Uh, let's get into some predictions. Uh, first match: Fabulous Truth, Our Truth, and Carmella versus Mahalisha, Jinder Mahalisha Fox. Mixed match challenge final. Winners, winning team gets the thirtieth entrance in their respective Royal Rumble. Um, obviously, none of these four are gonna win the Royal Rumble. Oh God, no! None of them. If our truth ended up winning the Royal Rumble, do you know how hype I would be? Oh, I dude. would lose my mind. I would probably get an R truth tattoo. <laughs> For real, like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. But um, I think um, just for that dance break, it will be uh, R Truth and Carmella. Carmella. Yeah, I will. I will agree with you there. I do think R Truth and Carmella will pick up the win. Yeah. Um, Ray Mysterio versus Randy Orton in a chairs match. Ray Mysterio. I'm gonna go Randy Orton. Okay, okay. Buddy Murphy versus Cedric Alexander WWE Cruiserweight Championship match. Now this match is not a ladder match, but it should be. It should be, and it would kill. Um, but I think uh, Buddy Murphy might win. Um, I think they might save uh, a Buddy Murphy loss till uh, WrestleMania. So I'm gonna go with Buddy Murphy. I'm gonna pick Buddy Murphy too, and I think his next opponent will be Mustafa <clears throat> Ali. And I do think that that's when we will see Mustafa Ali take that tide off of him. I, I, yeah, I agree. Or um, since Hideo is back, we might see like a face turn. Mm. I don't know, but we'll see. Natty versus Ruby Riot tables match. Oh, Natty. Yeah, Natty's got to win. Uh, if he if she goes through that table, uh, but there's also talk. Um, I don't know if this this is true. I, it's a rumor. It's just a rumor. But there's a rumor out there that uh, Natty is uh, looking to retire and uh, she would be in the Hall of Fame this year. Mm, wow. Well, we'll have to put a pin in that. Yeah. Uh, the Bar, The New Day, and The Usos triple threat tag match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. Um, who holds the most uh, tag team uh, championship reigns of all time in the WWE. Is that Edge and Christian? I think so. Okay, so I think it's nine or something like that. Um, I think the bar would be dope to continue that reign, um, but I think uh, the Usos are going to take it. I'm going to say the New Day. Hmm. Okay. Only because I have hope that they will hold all the gold. There's always hope. But what I'm really hoping for is that they don't hold a championship and Kofi Kingston again gets into the Royal Rumble. Mm, It's not a Royal Rumble without Kofi. That's true. Uh, Elias versus Bobby Lashley ladder match. A guitar will be suspended above the ring and the first to retrieve it can use it as a weapon. Um... I might say I think I'm gonna say Bobby Lashley. I'm gonna go with Elias. Uh, ben Baylor versus Drew McIntyre a singles match. If he's even there, yeah. I'll go with uh, Finn Balor. Oh yeah, Finn Balor missed Raw because the man's got sick. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go Drew, Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Ronda Rousey versus Nia Jax. Ronda. Ronda. Uh, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Oscar. TLC match for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This has to be the main event. I don't it care. Close out the motherfucker show. It, it should close the show, and um, I think uh, Becky's gonna retain. I will say Becky retains as well. And I gotta say, um, when Oscar was smashing them both in the back, back to back Drake style. No, I'm sorry. Uh, was killing them softly with uh, with the Pusha T vibe. Ugh. I was like, yes. I love this. Uh, Daniel so Bryan. I'm definitely going to go with Becky. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. Singles match for WWE Championship. Oh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Daniel Bryan's going to retain him. Uh, Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. TLC match. If Braun Strowman wins, he gets a shot at the Universal title at the Royal Rumble. If Corbin wins, he 
um, becomes the official uh, general manager of Raw. Also, if Corbin loses, he loses all authority power. Um, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman, and I think Kurt Angle gets involved. That's what I was thinking, too. Uh, Kurt Angle gets involved, um, or somebody replaces Braun, and it's uh, equally as good. Intercontinental title match, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, single match. Oh, Dean Ambrose. Yeah, I'm going to go Dean Ambrose. I think Dean Ambrose is going to pick up the win on this one. Yeah. Um, so those are our picks. That's all we got. It's going to be a long, well, not that long weekend wrestling. All we got is us TLC on Sunday. Dude, there's 11 yeah. fucking matches as a TLC. It's it's long. It's long. But uh, you know what I'm really looking forward to, especially long, for long pay-per-views? January 4th, my man. Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I have some bad news for you, sir. Hmm. There will be no New Japan Battle Royal. Um, um, what? Excuse me? No cheeseburger. No cheeseburger? No, no cheeseburger. Dude, I, I fight like hell not to scream in the middle of the night because I see cheeseburger. Dude. He's the only reason why I want to watch ROH. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's, it's ridiculous, dude. I mean, not saying that everybody else on ROH is not good because there's a lot of great talent over there, but still. Oh, oh, speaking of, of ROH, before we get out of here, uh, before I play Mustafa Ali's entrance because the man, Mustafa Ali's the motherfucking man. So, check your local listings because there is a channel known as Stadium TV. If you're in Sacramento, it is on the one of the 40 dot whatever, but... They have ROH on Stadium TV. Check your local listings. Watch ROH on Stadium TV. Okay, that's dope. And yes. also, we should mention we are on Spotify. We are officially on Spotify. We are officially on every single app um, that you can get a podcast on. Um, so like, share. Oh, one last thing before we get out of here. Rest in mm. peace to... Um, the great um, Axel Henning. Uh, Kurt Axel Henning. Yes. What? Yes, Kurt Henning's father passed away. Uh, Larry the Axel uh, Henning. Oh, do you the mean uh, his uh, grandpa, right? Yeah, yeah. Larry Henning, um, Curtis Axel's grandpa. That's crazy. Mr. Perfect's father passed away. Um last week at the age of 82 that's crazy what yeah larry the axe i didn't yep. know he passed away that's sad um, oh he passed away on the sixth yeah last week that's crazy how do we not know where was the love um it, it was a little blip so we're gonna get out of here yeah peace out y'all we'll see you next week peace